All right, we're back. Joseph. Master James. Welcome back. Thank you, sir. Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning. This one, this episode and this conversation, I want to start with maybe the biggest question out there, at least the one that we are, especially in the West, with 2,800 advertisements a day wow. on average in America that we're exposed to, <clears throat> telling us, you want this. You probably want this. You should want this. This is what you want. I want to open it up with just a big question of what does philosophy say about what what we want? What what do we want? Yeah, that's a big question. <laughs> yeah, I want to <laughs> drop the bi- uh, a big one on you. And uh, yeah, that's a big one with that's very little one. preamble. Sure. Um, well, I guess uh, one text in Vedanta comes to mind, Bhajagovindam, that talks about the two motivations. We'll start maybe a little more relative. Yeah, feel free. Know. Yeah, we... we yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, we can go all the way with that question. But uh, Bhajagovindam is one of the texts that we study at the academy that you're doing in the e-learning course in Swami's e-learning program. Um, and it talks about two motivations of life, uh, Kanchana and Kamini. So, uh, loosely interpreted as as uh, wealth and enjoyment. Mm. So, um, this is a, a constant motivation of humanity, uh, of all of all of us, all of the time, is to try to acquire the world, acquisition and enjoyment. To try to acquire the world like acquire wealth and or stuff or people or or status or favor favor name influence whatever it is Mm -hmm. try to acquire that and enjoy it this is a a kind of the mundane motivations that acquire and enjoy acquire and enjoy uh, acquisition and enjoyment Mm -hmm. conchina and comedy and that that particular text bajagovindam the title means seek Govinda, seek the truth, mm. seek reality, instead of this constant, endless motivation to acquire and enjoy, to acquire more and enjoy more, mm. to try to separate ourselves from that endless motivation, worldliness, right? But nevertheless, that's, that's probably what is, is motivating most of us most of the time. Looking to inquire, uh, to acquire more of the world, and to enjoy it. So Vedanta, um, that that text in particular, and Vedanta in general, goes on to say, "Look, the the reality is that acquisition and enjoyment is limited. It's fleeting. No matter how much you get, no matter how much we enjoy, it is uh, has a shelf life." Um, and what you really want, which I'm guessing is your your the more the spirit of your question, but I wanted to start with the reality. No, I think it's yeah. I, I oscillate okay. just like just like anyone that takes even this philosophy quite seriously, oscillate back and forth and and you know my other podcast is below the line where I really just never gloss over things and and at this, and I don't mean this in any, um, in any bravado sense or, or t- 
to to sound cool but in real transparency i have everything that i would ever want from from the world Mm -hmm. at 35 business success and family live on the beach in la Mm. have all of these things that i that i could list that i would have dreamed of when i was 15 and swami talks about neutralization all the time and it, it, you get neutralized to it it just the the same sensors just stop sending the signal that this is exciting and then you you just well i got here by accumulating more i want to accumulate well keep going because that that mental chocolate is right around the corner get more mm. and it's going to have that that neurochemical mm. just response that i'm that i'm addicted to and and so it truly even though i spend so much time in this philosophy uh each day and uh, and on one level take it quite sincerely on another spend many hours of the day saying okay well what what next so no, I think starting with the mundane is probably mm-hmm. ideal, and maybe even spending a little more time on that that mundane before we go into the yeah. um, transcendent or or what is the these are just symbols of the things that we really want. Um, yeah. So um, I, yeah, I think we all oscillate until we're um, rock seated, as it says in the Gita, in truth. So. That's the whole path. Everyone's oscillating between knowing perhaps the futility of things, but still uh, pursuing them. Anyway, acquisition and enjoyment, these are the two motivations. And um, what's interesting is if, if we're really honest, uh, how much time do we actually get to the enjoyment? Mm. <laughs> it seems like... Even the enjoyment isn't, even the mundane enjoyment, do we ever really arrive at it? It's, uh, or, or if we do, how fleeting is it? Mm. There's a lot of collecting and collecting and acquiring and acquiring uh, with the idea that, you know, someday I'll actually enjoy. But that's probably not really happening um, mm. for a lot of us. It's just more and more acquisition. It's more and more fending off losses and trying to gather enough to um, to get to that Shangri-La moment in life where you know now I can sit back and enjoy. It's so fleeting, and in that, from experience, mm. can be sitting in a. I hesitate to mention this much, but it's it's also it's just it. I don't want to censor it, um, but sitting in an amazing place in Malibu mm-hmm. that I was telling you, wait and wait and wait. It's like okay, this is twentieth yeah. of of January, yeah, and it's so beautiful to have this knowledge to pair it with the experience, but mm-hmm. to exactly what you're talking about. Um, how much enjoyment, the accumulation was there, many, many months of, of work to accumulate. And then <clears throat> the first weekend in a killer place in Malibu, and what do you and I talk about? It's like the word surreal is 
I don't use, uh, you know, it's not in the positive sense when I was saying it yeah. in Malibu. It was like, this doesn't feel real in terms of this doesn't feel graspable. Yeah, graspable. Yeah, well said. And that enjoyment was, there were a few moments mm. for sure, but I mean, even those moments, I shit you not, were three seconds. Yeah. Seven seconds. And that radar, yeah. that sonar of like, beep, <clears throat> beep, mm. beep. Mm. What could be going wrong is like this. This is wrong over here. Yeah. Oh, this could be changed. Yeah. And it was like I mean I, I could have been in a um, an outhouse in back in Texas and 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 had that same thought of like what could be going what needs to be fixed. Okay, I need to get out of a out of an outhouse. Yeah, that in that way, the mind and intellect is always so relevant. The mind is just never satisfied. Um, so uh, there's a phrase in the Gita that describes the mind as dus purena nalena cha, which is a really amazing uh, way of describing the mind. What it means is unfillable like fire. Uh, unfillable so it puts it in the negative like it's impossible to, for the mind to be satiated um, speaking of Malibu <laughs> you know I mean it's like we've had some big fires out there in the past 10 years that Woolsey one was the most recent big one and um, we all know what happened I mean it, the fire doesn't pull up to a house and say I'm, I'm good yeah I'm full I'm full Oh no, man, no, can't no, do any more. I can't take any more. It'll just burn all the way to the ocean, which it did. It burned all the way down the hill to uh, Paradise Cove, literally, you know. And um, uh, whatever's in its tracks, it takes. So the mind is like that. You give it more, it'll burn more. So the the art is to, even in the process of acquisition, to use the intellect to stop and say, okay, this is great. Let us enjoy this now. Mm -hmm. Because, oh, I'm going to work for another five years and then I'm going to get that place and then we'll enjoy. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> then that day just never comes. It, it never comes. It just and never I, arrives. And I'm saying this from experience. The day yeah. was four days ago. Mm. Yeah. And people, this place is awesome it is you can awesome. i don't think it could be any i don't know any mind that would say no 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 you should be thinking even better yeah so, and i again i'm only transparently sharing this uh because I, it is so fresh on my mind and i knew that going in it was kind of keeping it at arm's length of okay this is uh a acquisition and an investment yeah and it will be in an enjoyable thing to have for the family, but I want to keep it at arm's length because I don't want to, anything in life can change mm -hmm. and, and undoubtedly will. I don't want to get addicted to a new level on the hedonistic treadmill. So I have, have tried to keep it at arm's length, but it, the day certainly came days ago of, all right, walking in to this incredible pad and uh and i've been conscious of like all right 
hmm. on the 20th of January. She'll be ready. We'll, and uh, yeah, it was just so mm-hmm. unmemorable, to be hmm. honest. Like, hmm. Hmm. fast forward to Tuesday or hmm. Wednesday. Hmm. And yeah, just that, that wasn't it. It isn't it. I was, yeah. Oh, no. No, I was going to, you just reminding me, I was in, um, I was in Mauritius, um, an island off the coast of South Africa. Um, The island off the coast. So gorgeous. Yeah, it it is is beautiful. Have you been to Mauritius? No, but Um, when I lived there in South Africa, everyone was was like, you got to go to Mauritius. It is amazing. Um, And uh, beautiful place. I don't know, it was 10 years ago. And, uh, I was just I was assigned there by the ashram to do some some talks at the um, at a resort um, on the island for a couple of months and um, beautiful amazing place and lagoon you can go snorkeling and gorgeous and there was a guy there uh, this fellow from London who um, if you're watching this hello my friend <laughs> you'll know who he is. I won't say his name, but you'll know who he is. Um, but he uh, he gave me a, a real practical lesson or example of this. He says, you know what? I've done really well in life. Uh, I'm able to come on vacations and live in resorts like this one in Mauritius. And I'm, I'm happy that that's there. But to tell you the truth, all I really, what, what, what drove him from a pretty middle class, you know, uh, background to the kind of heights that he was at was a desire to drive an Aston Martin. Mm. That was his thing. Just, just was his thing. As a kid, he wanted an Aston Martin and he found, he said, how do I get an Aston Martin? Someone told him, make a lot of money. And so he did that really well. (laughs) And this is talking about like a 15 year, 20 year, you know, hype Mm -hmm. expectation for that car. And uh, <clears throat> lo and behold, one day he gets the car. <clears throat> he said um, he waited till a Sunday morning, 7 a.m., driving around London in his Vanquish or whatever, whichever one it was, I forget. And um, he said the first day he felt like God, or a God, I believe he said. Mm. He felt like a God. He said the second day, the enjoyment was 50%. I was like, come on, man. Not 50%. Yeah. Six months in, maybe. Yeah, yeah not, and, like, and not 50%. Like, you're being extreme, you know? He said, mm-hmm. nah, 50%. I was like, the second day, mm-hmm. you know? And um, he said, yeah, 50%. Mm-hmm. And he said, by the end of the week, it was just my car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they say a, a raise just becomes your salary within six weeks. Now, and, and we were saying about the house in Malibu. I, I, I think we said it out loud. I'm not sure. The mind adjusts to anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, any of us that walked in that house last weekend, you say, wow. I mean, it, as you say, it's so vast and awesome and beautiful. But the mind it just kind of gets used to it eventually. Like, this is where we are. Mm-hmm. so it's unfillable it's unfillable like fire so then the 
if we don't know any better, if we're not given this guidance that, hey, this is the, this is how the mind can victimize us, right? If we don't know that, right? Then the next logical thing is, well, I guess I, I better get, I guess I better get like a, a Bugatti now, you know, because then that'll do it. Mm-hmm. Or a Lambo or in that fellow's case. Or maybe I can get three houses in Malibu. Or maybe I can get one there and one on the south of France. I, I don't know, mm-hmm. whatever it is. But Vedanta says the mind will just burn it and still be sitting there looking at you. <laughs> yeah, I think what's so powerful about the the Wolsey fire example is you could have <clears throat> Paradise Cove in Malibu. And that desire to get that fire will not cease till it gets there. Like it will get there. And you, you could, and that is part of that accumulation is like, this isn't permanent. And I know it, Mm. I might be at paradise. I might be the owner of paradise cove Mm. and, and be thinking, okay fire could come at any at any moment and and within us the fire just the thought that it could come in a moment is like this isn't stable this isn't permanent let me get more to stabilize it to de-risk it um let me get more to feel that feeling after it's neutralized it's yeah that's a that's a powerful visual of just that fire never satiates and it's coming for Paradise Cove and in Malibu. Uh, yeah, and every every metaphor has a limitation, right? Like, um, or there's there's usually one point of comparison. But the problem with the mind is there's no ocean to run into. Mm. There is no external stop. Mm. It will go until it burns us up completely. So that acquisition and enjoyment is is literally endless until it can can even destroy us. Yeah, you, just, you don't have to look far, turn on the news. Look at our own lives. We can project how certain appetites, if we, if we don't exercise the discriminating capacity of the intellect, um, can ultimately finish us off, could even destroy us. So that's even beyond not able to enjoy. That's just the full danger of of the mind. So, I mean, just for the sake of um, quality control, we're not saying don't, or Vedanta is not saying don't acquire, don't have goals, don't have uh, targets. Um, But uh, Swami often says, never let your present happiness be dependent upon a future acquisition so that's that's the discipline that's the subtlety it's not that we shouldn't have goals it's not that we shouldn't um be looking forward it's not that uh it's wrong to um say i don't know someday i'd like to catch a big wave at bell's beach in australia mm-hmm. you know that that's not a bad goal but it shouldn't be that it's just—it's not allowing me to enjoy my ride out front here. 
mm. or down the road at County Line or in Ventura. You know, whatever's in front of you, you're able to enjoy. But at the same time, you're, we can have intellectual targets, objectives, ideals, goals, ambitions, nothing wrong. It's just that the mind shouldn't be allowed to destroy constantly our present state of happiness, our present state of satisfaction, and our present enjoyments mm. um, while continually trying to acquire. The heart of the Gita, you're, you have the right to work, but not to the fruits of your work and, and to not build your entire perception of the world on, okay, these fruits are going to be really sweet on the other side. Yeah. Oh, you have the right to. You just, you'll be agitated. Mm. Anashritaha karma phalam karyam karma karotiyaha. Don't act for the fruits. Act on your obligations. Chapter 6, verse 1. Sa sanyasi cha yogi. He's a sanyasi. He's a yogi. Na nirag nirna chakriyaha. Not one without fire, not one without dynamic action. So in other words, he's saying, uh, it is if you want to be a yogi, if you want to be, um, we could get into what all that means, but to be, an, in the true sense, a, a, a fulfilled human being, uh, it's, not, it's not about saying, okay, well, I've heard what these guys are talking about in this podcast. Now I'm going to quit all my action and I'm going to quit all my goals and I'm going to drop all my ambitions and aims. That's not at I'm all. I'm not accumulating now. I'm, I'm, not, not, I'm not thinking about accumulation anymore. That's, that's not at all what we're, we're definitely not saying that. And so far as the Gita, whatever I've understood, is not saying that either. It's just saying do your actions, but not motivated by the fruits of your actions. Do it for a higher goal. Do it for an aim, an ambition, a purpose beyond just ourselves. Mm. Enjoyment will come. It reminds me of the, the, a great way to detach is to attach to something higher. Mm -hmm. Use that natural wiring to want to accumulate, to want to enjoy and just say, okay, well, let me, let me do this wisely mm -hmm. to where I can and maximize that enjoyment part. Even maximize the accumulation part because you end up, you will accumulate more um, in this uh, somewhat indirect way of not just being the tired wretch that is like, I need more, I need more. You know, the Ebenezer Scrooge that yeah. quite literally has nothing on Christmas morning because he, he doesn't have or Christmas Eve before the revelation of how little he has. And and there's a yeah there's something beautiful about saying okay you have this natural wiring to uh, attach to things attach to the higher use that for something higher mm -hmm. and and it, use it to work for you instead of working against you yeah or similarly it sounds like what you're saying is use that that desire to accumulate and to enjoy in a higher ideal or in a higher mode yeah the the one of the upanishads has this really famous phrase tena tyaktena bunjita which literally means by renunciation may you enjoy which we're talking about tomorrow renunciation on um clubhouse mm -hmm. um 
Clubhouse every every Friday, 7 a.m. Every Friday, 7 a.m. And if you just download the Clubhouse <laughs> app just for these conversations, it's yeah. it's worth it because it's a lot of fun to hear the questions that people ask. Yeah, they've been great. The Clubhouses have been really awesome and, and fun. So tomorrow we're talking about at least working on a theme around renunciation. It's not obviously fixed on what we talk about. But um, by renunciation... That's the real enjoyment. So this is kind of moving away from, okay, our, our normal mundane motivations, if we're honest, like stop anybody on the street and be like, what do you want? I mean, okay, you might get various types of answers, especially this part of the world. But, um, but it'd be a version of more. It'd be a version of a little bit more of this happiness. and happiness. Yeah, enjoyment, which is acquisition and enjoyment. You know, mm-hmm. Actually, I could use this, I could use that. We all have a list, you know, we all do, and um, of what we need. The, what Vedanta is saying is, tiena tiena bunjita, by renunciation, that's where the real enjoyment comes, which is what you were describing just now, uh, which is what reminded of that, is the idea that uh, it is that aggrandizing, that holding on, that in trying to get more for me, with the idea of enjoying that actually gets in the way. So if we give that up and work for something higher, work for something, work for, act for something beyond our selfish interests, it doesn't mean, you know, saving the world. It could just be um, changing the focus from just me and my, my body, mind, and intellect to my family or to my community or to my company. Or to Spending my- 10 minutes in the morning thinking about, what are my coworkers to my left and right trying to yeah. trying to accomplish? Yeah. How can what, I help? How do I understand their goals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then uh, that's where the real enjoyment is, um, ultimately. Um, that's that that's moving in the, the right direction of getting beyond the endless craving of more for me and mine and focusing more on a on a higher cause on something beyond ourselves on others and that he says by doing that you enjoy by growing out of these uh, lower petty um, motivations and if we don't then it's just really it'll just be acquisition all the time we'll just keep collecting it's like you, we'll never enjoy the people around you may enjoy swami's got this joke he says the only people that enjoy in the world are, and I don't know, you, the Indians will appreciate this joke. Um, I don't know about everyone else, but he says the only people that enjoy anything in this world are swamis and son-in-laws. <laughs> <laughs> you get it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it is, uh, man, when I stay at my <laughs> my parents-in-law place or we yeah. go to uh, this this cool place that they invite us to, once a year up in Montana, I am a total, total just pig and shit. I'm just hanging out, yeah. lounging around, enjoying. enjoying, absolutely enjoying. No baggage, you know, parental bag dynamics. I'm just like, oh, I don't yeah. agree on something. I just leave the room and yeah, yeah. I don't have to explain myself. It is so uh, swamis and son-in-laws. That is, that is brilliant. Yeah, because, like, I mean, I don't know. So many times like I've been... I've been um, 
Well, I have to edit my words a little bit. I don't know. I, I guess I could just say that, you know, people, um, the, the Swami piece is funny because, uh, you know, folks work so hard to build big houses and have nice cars and buy stuff and whatever. But when the Swamis stay with them or the Swamis are around, like that guy's at work, you know, it's mm. the Swamis that are testing out the couches and like looking at all the TVs and stuff. <laughs> like, right. That's what he means, you know, or like you said, son-in-laws, um, the, the idea being that the actual breadwinner or the actual who, whoever it is, the provider, that guy's still acquiring and everybody else is actually enjoying, you know? So, uh, <coughs> sorry. It, it's not, it's not to, it's not to, to say it's impossible, but it, it, it's, it's kind of a joke to say, um, whoever that is, that is doing the acquiring should recognize, Hey man, I, I could enjoy also, you know, I should also, um, enjoy and by how to do it by stop, by stopping the mind, renouncing the endless desires that are preventing even the mundane enjoyment. Mm. Forget the renunciation we were talking about. But to even, to bring it back to the mundane, I'm trying to like keep it grounded a little bit. To even enjoy the wave you're on, you've got to be able to use the intellect to tell your mind, okay, man, I'm on this wave. Mm. And it's this day. And it's, I've seen guys on the waves here no joke. They'll be sitting out there all day, all morning, especially on big days and everyone's fighting for the waves. And uh, the guy will get that wave and he'll, he'll make one turn and come up to the top and he's looking over the back to see what's, what's next. Where's the next set? And you're like, come on, man. I've seen you waiting for that wave for, for 30 minutes, you know, mm. or 45 minutes or an hour. And enjoy it. You got a beautiful wave. You're on it. So even that takes renunciation in the sense, not necessarily the high-flying renunciation we were talking about just now, but just the ability for the intellect to step in and say, uh, enough is enough, at least for five minutes. Let me enjoy what's in front of me. But it's a discipline. It takes the intellect. And that's where the knowledge, this knowledge is so powerful. You have the articulation for these things. Or you, it's one of the, my favorite nuclear knowledge bombs. <clears throat> Within Vedanta is, is the intellect is the capacity to see the end in the beginning. And and that's part of the application of the knowledge with uh, place in Malibu is like, oh, I, I know the end of this story is, if I'm not careful, is this, this ratchet effect of the hedonistic uh, treadmill and where that's the new normal. Mm -hmm. And I don't want that to be the new normal. Mm. And I also recognize, okay, there's a neutralization that will happen. So just don't indulge in uh, this. Don't lean on it thinking it'll be permanent. <clears throat> um, because even the thing that I'm leaning on, quite neurochemically, of like, whoa. Mm. That is the least permanent of all. That, uh, like you said, from 100% to 50% for your friend in London. Yeah. Alan Watts has a great phrase of enough is as good as a feast. Hmm. And that all is another nuclear knowledge bomb of of recognizing you can't eat twelve steaks in a row, can't drive seven cars. That enough is as good as you know one good plate in front of you is as good as 
15 silver platters that you really can't even mm. eat on a, a feasting table. And that's, I think that there's something, something powerful to rena- renounce the idea for, oh, it's just one plate. I wish it was 17 or it's mm. just one car or it is a car that works. Mm. Renounce the idea of, of, yeah, but the other part of me really wants to accumulate more mm-hmm. and you can maximize that. Mm. The part that you're really going after as well, that enjoyment. And if one is completely unfettered, then you'll never have the other, that accumulation dialed up to such a degree that there is no there is acquisition muscle and, and mind is never finding itself in that enjoyment mm. aspect. Mm. Yeah. I would encourage folks to look up um, Bajigovindam. So good, so good, so good. If if you're enjoying this um, this theme, uh, Bajigovindam is it just uh, it just goes through. Um, there's another title for it. Uh, I'm forgetting the Sanskrit, but it it means the delusion lifter. The other title, Bajigovindam, is is the is the refrain in the text that says. Okay, stop pursuing this acquisition and enjoyment endlessly and start seeking the higher. And by the way, that includes acquiring and enjoying more and more spiritual knowledge also. He says, that also is endless. Get to the truth. Start to look within. Seek the self. He calls us a fool. He calls all of us. He says, bhajagovindam, bhajagovindam, govindam, bhajamudhamate. Mudhamate means... Uh, fool. <laughs> oh, foolish mind. He says, he says, he calls us a fool. He says, you're foolish. Don't be foolish. Don't spend the whole life doing this um, endless acquisition and enjoyment. But the other title it, it is um, for the text is, um, it literally means the delusion lifter. So the book is just so good. It just it goes through and just clinically analyzes all the different types of enjoyments that we that we are all pursuing mentally. That's the problem. If you're pursuing physically, but your mind is in the in the truth, doesn't matter. Go big. <laughs> you know what I mean? Be in the world, not of the world. Go yeah. Our problem is that we are mentally pursuing it. So if we just decide, okay, I've understood, I'm going to be simple, I'm going to wear, you know, two pairs of clothes and wash them in a bucket in my bathroom and like, you know, walk everywhere and not have my own anything and all that. But the whole time you're daydreaming about all this stuff, that's that's the worst situation, spiritually speaking. Mm-hmm. So you can have all of it and and enjoy everything. Externally, so long as the mind is not endlessly on fire, that's what he's trying right. to save us from. It then you're then you're good. Fire is such a great metaphor. Yeah, in this in the way that it's like fire can't just say, "Oh, I just want this beautiful antique wood table." The second it touches it, it starts to burn right through it. Yeah, and in minutes, it's like, ah. Oh, I didn't really get to enjoy that for very long. Now I just want the house around it. Now I just want the forest around the house. And yeah, it's... Or I want to protect it. Now I've got it. I don't want to lose it. Hmm. That's huge. That also is a... 
that possessiveness. It's like couches with plastic on them. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that in a long time, but it was a more common thing, I think, in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, like right. You buy a new couch and it's got plastic on it because you want to protect it, but it's got plastic on it. Well, in, in that accumulation and enjoyment and, and attaching to the higher to let the, fall or the, the lower fall away, you hijacking your system to want to attach, hijacking your system to accumulate and and uh, enjoy. I'll say two things. One, this conversation, this the last thirty minutes, there's been more elation in this conversation than than any uh, peak point in uh, Malibu. I think <laughs> other people enjoyed it. I think my four year old daughter probably loved every minute of it but she loves everything every, right she loves everything time. and and she'd be happy with the, the shack in kansas right no, nothing against kansas at all but. no we and we had <laughs> friends come over and i think that they were able to enjoy but the, the host is thinking through oh i gotta this, i gotta make a note of this gotta make a note of this this is coming at this time this person's coming at this time this mm. um got it your mm. to your point swamis and son-in-laws like the actual host uh it's it's quite um just draining whereas and it was still it was still moments of of it being like man this is this is uh objectively cool and feel blessed but genuinely nothing like this conversation where i I, i'm essentially hijacking my accumulation for knowledge i'm 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 absorbing it like fire yeah like i'm pulling wisdom out of you and i'm going to continue to it throughout mm. this episode mm. and many episodes after mm. and probably burning through it mm. like the fire rather than renouncing mm. more and mm. saying no i need to just really contemplate yeah, yeah this yeah. point yeah but i'm okay with that at, at least from the perspective at least i'm doing this with the spiritual knowledge versus the material goods and but I, I also uh, give credit to what you're saying of it, you can listen to these on repeat and it never sink in. That's true, but I mean it's it's so refreshing. It's it's um uh it's like someone just dying of thirst, you know. And uh, I know that's not your situation you're bathing this knowledge every day um especially with the e-learning through swami's e-learning course that you're doing um so it's not that you're like that but i mean i remember starving myself for this knowledge at a certain point in life where it was like there's got to be something else you know there's got to be something more than just this endless um pursuit of acquisition and enjoyment there's there must be something else to to know um and and i think uh your example is probably really powerful for for the listeners and the people that are um that are listening to this watching this i'm guessing there's a lot of crossover from uh your your other podcast below the line and people that are um, looking up to you as as someone who's so accomplished in the world, and you you're saying it's not there, you know? Yeah. And that that's a huge that's a huge gift, I think, for people to 
for you to be honest that way is, is amazing. And to say that you're the satisfaction is in realizing, Hey, wait, I can, I can stop this endlessness, this endless pursuit with knowledge and wisdom. So, well, it's, it, <clears throat> if Vedanta is this, this manual for living well, then it is in that vein. It is such a great manual in that you assemble the, the wooden toy for your four-year-old wrong and you're like what the hell mm-hmm. why is this piece wh- where did this piece well, this piece was spe- oh no i did it wrong mm. i didn't really look at the manual mm. Mm. i looked at the photo and i said oh that's what it ends up being yeah start <clears throat> screwing things away because i want to get there really quickly <laughs> and and you know it was a piece chosen in the first three minutes misplaced that bungled the whole thing and and this knowledge and this philosophical approach that's refined over thousands of years is is genuinely a manual to where it's like okay it's gonna lay out here's the photo Mm. you want accumulation you want enjoyment you just your starting point step one this is what you what you want right now today on a yeah Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but it also lays out what you really want is liberation from suffering that you're that you're you're going through. What you really want is, and and it kind of lays out. Okay, here is the real image. Yeah, liberation from all suffering. Yeah, and and yeah, you. It, it's really helpful to follow these steps, which are not hard. I mean the the <clears throat> e-learning is uh the the online lectures from swami is literally in your pocket everyone's pocket and if you're watching this you have access to those you do not need to go to the, the Himalayas. you don't need to trek and find if you have a computer so, you got a computer you and it's a phone. in your bedroom every morning and and it is uh even that i'm almost done and i and there is this insatiable fire for the knowledge to okay going to start over mm. as soon as i'm done oh, actually yeah. as soon as i'm done it's going to be a reflection on all the notes for probably four five six weeks and then it's starting over mm. and it's probably still looking and no it probably no it is still riding this wave and knowing oh there's there's going to be an even better wave when this comes through again but it comes at least from this attachment to the higher there you go it's a directional thing it, it's uh that attachment is good to displace a whole lot of worldliness. And it sounds like uh, we're not against the world. It's just it's just the world is fleeting. It's not like the it's not that the world is bad. We're not like some puritanistic like no music, no dancing. No. If anything it's the opposite. It's like you should be enjoying this. You should this be enjoying so it. Yeah. incredible. Yeah, and, and you you're should. not able to enjoy it because you don't have we're not we don't have that perspective. That, that Vedanta gives you. So we're not uh, anti-world. It's not that. But it just, it helps you to get stuck, as you rightly say, to some higher ideas, some higher concept from which you're able to renounce the lower mm. and then enjoy it. When you renounce it, you're, <laughs> you're able to enjoy it fully without involvement. You know, it's like if, uh, if we uh, sit down to play something uh, with the kids you can enjoy it, but there's no disturbing attachment to it. If it's like a game or something, I mean, we all remember, I remember being genuinely upset 
losing Monopoly when I was a kid or like some stupid game where like, you cheated. No, you cheated. Yeah. We may cheat just for fun and see if we get caught, you know, but it's like a, it's like a joke. Um, so it's, it's the same, it's the same thing with the, the world. Yeah. My L she's crushed when I, when I, uh, beat her at busy bee, a little game with bees. <laughs> <laughs> it's just just happened so happened that i won <laughs> she's crushed and um you gotta uh, let her win sometimes uh, I, it, it's a game of chance i can't help oh yeah you can't yeah, yeah i can't I don't help. know it yeah but uh but yes i should uh figure out ways uh to help her help her win while also um just acknowledging that that's where i can try to wrap in philosophy within a wrap in lessons but and and i do telling her to be happy for others when they win and i'm happy for her when she wins i start cheering and it helps a little bit but for yeah. the most part there is uh there is this there's this like just frustration that that one can benefit from to say this isn't it mm-hmm. because as depressing as it might feel to her to not win the game she'll win it enough in mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. to also say oh well winning it isn't it either yeah. so in that and and but to underscore what you're saying of absolutely, you know, as Christ says, be in the world, but not of the world, absolutely be in it. It, In fact, this is the manual to enjoy it the most. The most. And and it, you're going to have that as, as uh, I remember you telling me one time, someone approached the Buddha and said, I want to study with you, but I'm just so attracted. Do you mind telling that story? So attracted to uh, wealth and women mm. or something. Mm. And... Um, the Buddha, it, he essentially said, "Yeah, join me. You'll get it. You'll get all of that more easily. Yeah, you'll get all of that too. Yeah, and it's and it is a there's a can't, knowing full well that he wouldn't be interested in it. But in that sense, he'll he'll lose that. The fire will go out. He may still, for whatever reason, go through the experiences of certain enjoyments, but he won't he won't be burned up from the inside to to chase anything anymore." Because of his association uh, with the Buddha, you know? right. so um, yeah, I mean, if people come and and say, uh, "Hey, um, I heard Vedanta will help me make a lot more money and become powerful," it for sure it will. In the last five years, <laughs> I'm a walking example. I, I've done far better in my career than I ever have in the last five years, with so much less attachment to it. As Ramatirtha says so eloquently, and this is another nuclear bomb, and I. Jake, let's write down every nuclear bomb from uh, nuclear knowledge bomb from from each episode. But attach, you lose. Detach, you gain. Talk about a manual and a few words. You want that thing? Don't be so attached to it, because that will, in some universal, energetic, perverse way, that attachment will it will push it away. You want to enjoy it also, even attach, you lose, detach, you gain As to, mm-hmm. in terms of what we're discussing today, even to enjoy it, detach from it. Mm. But yeah, of course, that's um, Vedanta clarifies your intellect. It calms your mind. When you have a calm intellect, a calm mind and a clear intellect, your actions will be more efficient, more perfect, more streamlined, more optimized. It's just a fact. You'll get what you think you want until you... You'll get what you, you think you want. Until you find what you really yeah. want. And, 
and and so in that vein, what what it, what do we want beyond this kind of like here and now? You're as I listen to it, I want yeah. to talk about listeners yeah. um, to the podcast. But as I listen to it, yeah, yeah. it is accumulate accumulate and and enjoyment. Those two things. As we move beyond that, what what else do we want? So the um, what when you if you have a spring, like a coil spring, like that's in a bed or something. I don't know if beds still have spring. I don't know. But, you know, a spring. Uh, could be an industrial spring. And you you push it down. You compress a spring. What does the spring want? To decompress. To reach its original nature. Mm. Everything, ultimately, is only trying to reach its original nature. So if you have a spring and it's sitting here and you press it down, there will be a pressure on the hand. If you remove that, if you remove a little bit, you raise the hand a little bit higher, there'll be less pressure. If you raise it all the way, there'll be no pressure because that spring has reached its original nature. So your original nature. For those watching on YouTube, you're seeing me open the book and write this down. (laughs) So uh, that's a good cue um, that this is another nuclear knowledge bomb. It's reach a, its original nature it's okay. a crucial thing yeah original nature and, and what vedanta says is our original nature is infinite peace <clears throat> infinite bliss infinite knowledge inconceivable completeness fullness wholeness inconceivable infinite prosperity like, like beyond just anything that you could imagine in the bank account and the real estate asset deck in your portfolio, anything beyond that. Absolute completion, fulfillment, satisfaction. Every I is dotted, every T is crossed, every knot is done, everything's done. So the ultimate thing, the ultimate pursuit of all human beings and actually all beings is to reach that, um, that still point. So some people do it by uh, uh, watching the football game on the weekend. Some people do it maybe in the same house. Some people do it by avoiding the football game. Some people do it by making money, attempt to do it. Some people do it by giving away money, right? Could be the same person, different stages of life. Uh, Some people do it by getting involved in relationships some people do it by avoiding relationship when you stop and pick a bench on the street somewhere and just watch everybody moving it's it's a really interesting kind of reflection to just realize every one of us is constantly every every action that you see anybody pursuing within your field of vision is actually only to reach peace and bliss and get back to our original nature that's all, consciously or unconsciously. So uh, most of us are doing it unconsciously most of our lives. We just are doing it. We're not sure why. We know there's a dissatisfaction. We know there's a pressure in the spring, to continue the metaphor, and we're trying to release it. So we have these desires that we are there. That's the pressure. And we're trying to constantly release them because there's this sort of amorphous idea that at the end of all of this acquisition enjoyment, I'm going to reach this Shangri-La state. It doesn't work that way. 
that's we won't reach it externally. So a seeker, in other words, all beings are seekers, right? It's just unconscious. The moment any of us decide, I want to actually pursue peace, bliss directly without any external intermediaries or any external supports for, to get me there, now you're a spiritual seeker. That's the only difference. All beings are constantly moving towards peace and bliss in every single action, thought, emotion is only in that direction. And that direction is is inward, even if the pursuit is extra. It looks we think it's external. we think it's external, right? It's extroverted until we know better, until we're told and we're educated that actually what you want is you. Your original nature is that now, is that already? So if these things help us, if if and they do help us, right? Uh, having a healthy body, having good food, having nice shelter, having community, having connection with others. All of this is is supportive of that pursuit. But what you really want is what is called self-realization, which is simply to recognize, to realize I am that which I seek. That's the ultimate uh, goal that everyone's everyone is is pursuing all of the time. And when we do it consciously by choice, restraining our our endless external acquisition and enjoyment that we've been talking about, and start going within ourselves, that's that's the beginning of the of the spiritual journey. And only then do we. Uh, Will we? There is no other way to find uh, peace and and bliss. Um, Schopenhauer said it is very difficult to find happiness within oneself, but it is impossible to find it anywhere else. Uh, this is like right on the flap of Vedanta treatise, Swami's book. You know, it's such a famous quote. It's it's Swamiji has made it famous by talking about it all the time. It is impossible. Uh, uh, to find happiness anywhere else, if the happiness is within us, this is the idea. Kingdom of God is within you, and in, to, in the kingdom of God is within you. And as the Gita um, describes it, <clears throat> uh, I think in the last verse of chapter five, he he talks about the self is the enjoyer. The self is the ultimate enjoyer. So the it is the ultimate enjoyer. It is the ultimate enjoyment. It is the ultimate enjoyed. That final resting place for all of us, all beings, is to to know the self within. And that is pure and perfect and whole and complete. Inconceivably so. It is... Vedanta, it is beyond knowledge, Vedanta. It's joy folded in on itself three times over of is the enjoyer, the enjoyed, and the enjoyment. I like this folding over on itself. It's a nice, it's constantly realized. Hmm. One of the other, another Vedantic text talks about that. It says it's constantly realized. 
otherwise you'd think like oh okay so i i know but but then no no there's no but then that's the difference mm-hmm. that's the difference every other enjoyment every other type of satisfaction has a but then and what's next that's the mind that's what we've been talking about acquisition and enjoyment that's endless this is the end of all that alan watts has a a quote and i want to ask you why we don't know what we want um and what gets in the way of this and and also to reiterate one one thing that you said but alan watts has a Great quote of, we don't know what we want um, because we already have it. Mm-hmm. And the insidious, sick, um, the insidious and sick part of the question of, just what do you want? Sam, what do you want? Sarah, what do you want? Mm. Is this, it's basically built into that question is, well, you obviously don't have it, Sarah. Right. Todd or Sanjaya, you, you you don't have it. So yeah, yeah. so what is it that you want? Four fourteen twenty four forty four. What do you still want? And uh, and is yeah part of Watts's answer is you don't know what you want because you already have it. And I'd love to ask you why why do we get so extroverted? I you know it's. I reflect somewhat on the Western sense of enjoyment is so active. We are chasing, chasing, chasing. And maybe that's because of the philosophical underpinning of Western civilization, largely being Judeo-Christian. And and there being this philosophical underpinning of heaven is out there, Mm -hmm. is over there. God is out there. Is this infinite without, instead of a pursuit of the Eastern side of philosophy seems much more concerned with the infinite within it's turning inward but as we said christ himself says the kingdom of god is within you Mm -hmm. why don't we know what we want and why is it such a active external pursuit and i'm not saying for like five people for everyone Mm. it's like they're on road trips and they have no idea what city they even want to end up in yeah but they're ready to freaking buckle up and go 75 miles an hour every day there's a, a subtopic in Vedanta treatise. I think it's like the second or third chapter. I don't know. The real self. I just remember that the subtopic is is the real self or your real self. It's in the first 50 pages of Vedanta treatise, that subtopic. It's amazing. <clears throat> and it describes uh, the uh, birth of a desire. Um, which basically is born through ignorance. There is ignorance of our inherent fullness, the self. Sheer ignorance. We just don't know it. There's sheer ignorance. Out of that sheer ignorance emerges a sense of void, a sense of lack. From that sense of void, from that sense of lack, then the mind naturally begins to move out to fill it. And that builds upon itself. So then we we go grab something, we put it, it fills it for a second, but then we know how the mind works. We know how external things are. Then the next time it actually makes the void bigger, makes the desire stronger, so then the next time we want it more. And this is just one desire. 
there's 800 of them going on. It's like uh, hunger. If your stomach is full, you won't be thinking of Samosa House. Mm. Like I must confess, I thought of 10 minutes ago. Mm. <laughs> you know? Like uh, Samosa House, it's right over there. Why? There's an empty stomach, right? So if the stomach is full, then you, don't, you won't have that thought. So this is what it is. It's sheer ignorance. Out of the ignorance, we, f- we don't know our fullness. There's a sense of void that comes out of that ignorance. Then the mind doesn't know any better, starts pursuing the world to fill the void, which we've been talking about for the last hour is futile. It just never says enough. En- enough is never enough. So we're still there with the void and we've actually probably made it bigger, you know? And uh, so thus the importance of knowledge. Thus the, the need for yoga for your intellect <laughs> is because only through understanding repeatedly, I am that which I seek. I am that, I am whole. I am that complete infinite being. I am not this limited personality this body mind intellect that i believe i am that i'm walking around believing i am that knowledge over time see so that constant outgoing is like hypnosis we get hypnotized into that's where it is that's where it is because we do get these little bursts temporary cessation of the desire you you satisfy that desire and you live in a few minutes or a day in your friend's case um or six weeks with your raise that you yeah. just got it at work yeah. and you're like wow this mm. is what you know for a few minutes it's like you're eating that first second bite of ice cream you're like this is what the cessation of desire feels like mm. this mm. is a taste mm. of no desire this is a taste of i'm not just acquiring more i have this ice cream i've been looking forward to for two hours and mm. it's it's hitting all the right spots mm. But it is, it, the knowledge is, that is a temporary cessation. Yeah, well said. Well said, yeah. Temporary cessation of that, of that agitation. But the nature of it, of indulgence, of, of pursuing the world, is that it only, it only makes it worse. In, um, it only makes the desire stronger. In my book, Beyond Coffee, we talk about some of the uh, <clears throat> natural anxiolytics that, that the world provides that you can take um, herbs and compounds that decrease anxiety. Some of them have what's called a rebound effect. The anxiety is even worse on the other side. Yeah. So you have this temporary cessation from anxiousness. Right. But there is a rebound on the other side that if you don't know about it, you're like, oh my God, an hour in, two two hours in, three hours in this is great Mm. that worked that Mm. was the solution Mm. not knowing that that is a temporary cessation that is not it's not permanent what you obviously really want is the permanent cessation yeah and you either ignorantly think like this is this was the permanent cessation that was medication instead of healing Mm. no it's just medication and it's going to mask the pain for a little bit Mm. but what's even worse is some of these compounds are uh, they have this rebound effect where it's even worse on the other side. And all you need to know is, oh, this compound, I'm going to feel great for three hours, and then I'm going to feel even worse by hour four. Well, hell, I don't want to 
take Perfect. that, but it is that knowledge. That knowledge. Of, and just hearing that, okay, that, that feeling, that temporary cessation, you can try to just get more of that compound, more of that desire, get more of that money, whatever, more of that ice cream conceptually, mm-hmm. and have a longer temporary cessation. Yeah. Or realize there, there is, and I mean this from personal experience, there is always a rebound. Maybe with natural herbs and anxiolytics, there might not be rebound for, for some, but when it comes to success, like when it comes to a career achievement, when it comes to a material purchase, there just always is the rebound. And that's, once you have the knowledge, you everything, you start to put it at arm's length of like, whoa, yeah. okay. Yeah. Watch out for the, yeah. the rebound. I say always, if that is the approach to solve, to fill that void, that yeah. infinite sized <laughs> void, versus you go within, you operate with this knowledge and realize, okay, it's not out there. And what I really want is permanent cessation. The manual, you read it, it's like, oh, I really want this permanent cessation of, yeah. of agitation and desire. Okay, it's somewhere in here, it's not out there then you actually can be out there on that 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 hedonic treadmill as they say and just be like okay yeah this is it's all at arm's length or at least i'm not i'm not trying to Mm. take from this and fill Mm -hmm. this infinite void with any of these temporary you enjoy it you just have nothing to do with it you have no attachment to it okay so to round this out what do we want in the the near term and, and how does Vedanta articulate what we want in the infinite term, the eternal term? I think you said it best, you know, we don't know what we want. We think we know what we want, but it's infinite. Even if we were to say, okay, what I, okay, I'm, I'm satisfied with my house. And if I could just have my house, like just, you know, paid off and, and, um, you know, my kids are healthy and uh, uh, all that, then, then, uh, then I'll be good. Okay, but um, what about earthquakes? Oh, yeah, yeah, also no earthquakes. We're in California. You know? Oh, but, um, but my kids should have a good job also. You know, they, they should also have a house. Oh, right, right. And, I mean, my, my friends and my, it's, yeah, it's endless. This is the the point that we're trying to. to and it show. might feel narrow in that moment where you're like, "No, it is this one thing." Yeah. F these guys talking about this highfalutin stuff. Yeah. It's this one thing that I need solved for my child that is sick. It's give me, give me just, a, give me a million, give me a billion, whatever the number is, and I'm good. Mm-hmm. You are not good. You will not be good. Okay, forget these guys only talk about money and jobs. And, and I'm beyond that. I want to save the world. I just want, um, you know, all the animals to be liberated from uh, slaughterhouses, which is, we'd love that. You know, understand. And that's a great goal. But would you be good? No. Okay, I want, every, I want uh, everyone to have... A nice house in the world. I want everyone to have a nice house. I want there to be no cancer. I want there to be no COVID. I want there to be no no um, malnutrition. You list everything. 
Would anybody be good? We live in the most properest, the most educated, the most peaceful time in human history. And the most stress, the most strain, the most uh, problems, interrelationship problems, all kinds of problems going on. You're right. This is, the, in many ways, the best last couple of hundred years to be a human being. Did you know in 2021, one out of 10 people, one out of 10, at some point in, this, in the year in a survey done in the UK, uh, said that they contemplated suicide. Yeah. And that's compounded by COVID. It's compounded by immense change. But if you think things are changing rapidly now, from a technological point of view, from someone that spends all day every day pairing a philosophical study with reviewing trends in technology and where the world is going, as an investor in that space, this will seem like we're moving in slow motion mm. compared to the world, the world 15 years from now. Swami has two books, The Fall of the Human Intellect, and the Holocaust of Attachment. Not, I mean, he has 12 books, but these are the so-called introductory books, which is hilarious. You know, they're, they're, they're both talking about what happens when we don't have knowledge to guide us to what we really want, when we don't understand what a human being is. We fundamentally just don't know what is a human being for. What is the purpose of living? What are we doing here? What do we want? It's it, this this knowledge is completely absent, uh, by and large, in the world. We're we're just preoccupied. So this is the fall of the human intellect, mm -hmm. and one of the the great tragedies that happens when there's no intellectual development is attachment. So that's the second book, the Holocaust of Attachment, and it describes. It says, look, if if um, one of the chapters says. Wake up, save the world, redeem humanity. We, we can absolutely uh, destroy this experiment on this planet uh, easily if we don't get some uh, understanding about what we're doing and why we're doing it. And ultimately what we're doing and what we want is the infinite. And that realigns understanding that and beginning a life that moves towards that realigns everything at um, below it the person that presses the button to end the world will be the most unnerved frenetic freaked out person that thinks someone else is about mm. to do it yeah yeah is uh the opposite of what you'd want from a surgeon that's about to perform your surgery yeah you want someone jacked up saying no we need to do this right now we need to do the surgery right no you want mm. someone extremely calm yeah and maybe you don't want it articulated, but somewhat detached yeah. from where, what the outcome will be, but therefore has the calm nerves to be able to do the best work. And it's, I think it's, yeah, it's a profound statement of what you might want here now is, is more and enjoy accumulation and enjoyment and you might have your hands at the dials of a few of those temporary mm. temporary reprieves from from suffering and temporary uh, jolts of of each of those but those are all just 
so not just temporary, but you're just going to require more and more and more on the other side to get that same hit of the drug. But what we really want in your metaphor, the springs to return to our original form, our original nature. I wouldn't call it a form. Okay, original nature. <laughs> only right, be, only right, right. It's formless. No, that's <laughs> right. But our original nature. Yeah. You want it's so simple. You want the infinite. Yeah, that's all. Nothing more, nothing less. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just a matter of, of which is why the mind is where we look is endless. It's a reflection of our true nature. Mm. Mm. The mind and all its cravings is because unconsciously, subconsciously, whatever word, we know we are that. Everyone knows they're that. Everyone knows they're infinite, really. Everyone knows they're eternal, actually. This is why we'll watch 85 people blow up on an action movie but and not have a thought about it, you know? But we don't really think we can die. Right. Not me. I mean, of course, you can die. But there's a part of you that knows I am deathless. I am birthless. I'm formless. I'm not this. Everyone knows. Deep down, in fact, that's probably where the biggest fear of death comes from is because it's so incomprehensible to you experiencing the world right now. You're like, there's... It breaks your mind and makes you freaked out of the concept. This is why every people watching will be really interested in this part of what we're talking about. Because they know, everyone knows deep down, I'm not this body. I'm not this mind. I'm not this intellect. I'm not this name. I'm not this form. I'm something else. Everyone knows. Leaving aside the intellect, there's a knowing that knowing self that you are. That's what we want. Every time you catch yourself, every time I catch myself thinking of the future, it's a great reminder to say, the reason I'm thinking of what I don't see before me right now, thinking that that is going to be it, is not just that, oh, my mind has told me that's going to be satisfying, but also I know that satisfaction is not just within arm's reach of my body, within the identity of who I am. They're going to know who I am. And down the road, everybody's going to know who I am because deep down there's this, this knowledge, not just thought, but this knowledge that I am not this contained identity that, that I think I, I might be or that I fear others might mm -hmm. relegate me to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there's this deep down knowledge that there's something far more than what meets the eye and mm. sounds like it's a just misplaced application of that knowledge when we say oh to our future self it's when i get that aston martin it's when i get that place and malibu it's gonna when i get that amazing wave and it's uh it isn't out there thank you joseph great thanks james Woo. That episode was fantastic. And if you are digging yoga for your intellect and want to introduce this philosophy to your coworkers and your team, well, Joseph and I are down to come visit basically an in-person YFYI. Come visit with you and your team. 
in the same way that you might invite a yoga instructor for a team building event, we're willing to come to your office and talk to your team as well. We can do it over Zoom as well. It is, uh, it's whatever makes sense, but uh, we're even down to do it in person. And that is just in line with the mission of making this philosophy available and accessible to all those that seek it. Joseph and I would love to come talk with you and your team about Yoga for Your Intellect. And that really comes from my perspective of running businesses for the last 15 years and just knowing, man, it was about 10 years ago I was running a 50-person company, led to a trip to the ER, I was drinking seven cups of coffee a day to try to stay on top of everything, um, trip to the ER with a heart condition. Needless to say, it was a very, very stressful, extremely stressful time in life. And that business ultimately failed. And 10 years later, I sit here and, and get to have these conversations with with Joseph while running two companies and, and a venture fund. Each day just feels like it's a hot knife through butter. I have not had a single day of stress in the last six, seven years of building multiple companies and, and multiple venture funds. It's truly remarkable, and I know that it's not me or the businesses that are different than 10 years ago, but it's my approach to each day and quite literally to the start to the day because every day starts with this philosophy for me, and we want to share it with your team. For me, it feels like an obligation of sorts and a loud siren saying that teams and companies around the globe need to hear this. So if you're interested, email us at, this is the key thing, email us at yoga for your intellect at gmail.com. That's yoga for your intellect at gmail.com. Use the email address in the show notes, and we would love to come chat with you and your team. <laughs>